So we have a two female couple. Their names are Willow and Pistachio. Hello, I'm John Rossi. I'm a touring drummer with a passion for animal conservation. When I'm on the road, I spend as much time as possible visiting zoos, aquariums, and conservation organizations. Now, I want to share those places with you. I'll be talking to keepers, vets, conservationists, anyone who can help me in my mission of connecting my people to animals through their people. Join me on my raw safari. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to an episode of the podcast that I probably shouldn't even be making right now. The Rasafari podcast is here, y'all. What can I say? I am in love with this project, and uh, even a hospital couldn't keep me from getting this episode out. So, in case you missed Friday's very quick Zoo News update, uh, which I recorded on an iPhone in a hospital bathroom while my hospital roommate was asleep. Um, I'm not well. And that's really all I'm going to say about it for now. Uh, I'll give you guys more of an update on the next Zoo News episode on Friday. Um, But yeah, you know, this project is important to me. This collaboration with Adventure Aquarium is important to me. It is Penguin Awareness Month, y'all. And we need to be aware of some penguins. So... If my voice sounds a little rusty here, or if I if I sound a little off still, um, just know that I'm I'm you know recovering from some stuff, uh, but I'm out of the hospital and I'm making a podcast. And honestly, I couldn't be happier about it. I was actually uh, having a conversation with my dear friend Amanda and saying that I needed to get this episode done for today, and uh, she reminded me that you know my audience would understand, and in fact, you won't all stop listening. If there is one episode that we have to skip, or if we even, heaven forbid, take a break like every other podcast in the world. And um, yeah, she was right. She's 100% right, and I know that. But uh, this one's for me. I wanted to do this. I wanted to listen to today's interview and edit it and and get this out into the world because it gives me a sense of accomplishment. And laying in a hospital bed, weirdly enough, doesn't. So let's breeze through some quick stuff. Make sure you're following along on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at Rossafari. On TikTok at Rossafari Pod, I guess, or whatever. Maybe I'll get back there someday. Uh, But yeah, the Bandit shirts are sold out. So if you missed your shot at at a Bandit shirt, sorry, but they are currently being made and they all look wonderful and I'm so excited about it. But uh, too late for you. Maybe we'll we'll do that again sometime. We'll see. Um, but yeah, and and enough, enough. Let's get to this interview because it is awesome. Today, I am bringing you, as part of our collaboration with Adventure Aquarium, the Penguin Mama, Mary Elizabeth, who uh, is just a joy. Mary Elizabeth really really brings a lot of energy to this podcast and listening back to it after a dark week was um was a lot of fun. We're going to be talking about the two types of penguins that Adventure Aquarium houses and uh kind of the differences between them. You'll get some general species stuff, you'll get some uh individual personalities and then at the end of the main interview, you're going to hear me and Mary Elizabeth, as well as Lauren, who uh, you may remember is our PR guide through all of these, head on out to the penguin exhibit. Uh, we couldn't go behind the scenes because of the avian influenza that's happening right now, but we did actually go out and kind of have a conversation out there about some of the penguins, and uh, it's really worth listening to. Now, In the past, whenever I have said something like that, I then followed it up by saying, now obviously we were there during public hours and I was using my hand recorder, so the audio is crap, but I cleaned it up pretty well. Well, y'all, ya boy learned some new tricks. Or bought some new toys for the podcast. Um, You're still going to hear a difference, but for those of you who have heard those loud, background-y, crazy things before on this podcast, wait until you hear the difference. I am so excited about the next step of making this podcast even more professional and cooler and better sounding, and you're going to get to hear it at the end of this interview. But first, you get to hear a commercial. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Daydreamers Studios. Do you have stories and expertise to share with the world? Have you ever thought about starting your own podcasts? There's no better time to start than now with the help of a trusted production partner. Daydreamer Studios is a full-service production company that takes all the stress off your plate. You can focus on creating engaging content while they focus on recording, editing, audio engineering, hosting, and publishing on 22 platforms. Log into the advanced remote system with one click and the Daydreamer team will be on the other end ready for you to record everything you have to say. Owned and operated by Daydreamer Network, Daydreamer Studios continues on the company's mission to empower storytellers of all kinds by making podcasting accessible to all. For more information and current promotions, visit daydreamernetwork.com slash studios. All right, and with all that said, it is time. Let's go talk to the penguin mama, Mary Elizabeth, at Adventure Aquarium to celebrate <laughs> Penguin <laughs> Awareness Month. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, tell me who you are, where we are, and what you do here. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Mary Elizabeth. I am a biologist at Adventure Aquarium in Camden, New Jersey. Um, I am also known as the African Penguin Mama. <laughs> and I'm assuming that is a non-biological title. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. My official title is biologist, too, for the bird and mammal team. <laughs> but I am lovingly known as the Penguin Mama <laughs> around <Well>, the aquarium. <laughs> that is amazing. So I have to tell you, I'm doing this this five-episode uh, arc uh, here at, at Adventure. Yes. And um, it, it's very exciting to me. But I have to tell you right off the bat oh, no. the way this all got started. Okay. Which is that um, I came here. I, I love Adventure. I live, you know, outside of Philly. Cool. And um, I'm a member and everything. I love it here. And uh, I came on a um, an evening when they were doing the um, the sensory-friendly evening. Yes, 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 yes. And uh, I was hanging out with my sea turtle friends. And... Um, I, I, there was a bunch of staff hanging out there and not a whole lot of people coming through. It was pretty chill that night, uh -huh. which, you know, was the plant. And um, I heard somebody say, well, let's go get Cassie. And I assumed that Cassie was another staff member who was going to come and hang out. And I was like, I remember thinking, well, I hope Cassie is quiet because I'm enjoying the peace and calm as I sit here watching sea turtles. And it turns out that Cassie is not only not calm, but uh, is the star of any show that Cassie goes to. Yes, and um, I was able to walk over and hang out and play the shadow game and all kinds of stuff. And that's when I started meeting different staff and talking to people and talking about doing the, the pod here and yeah. launched all of this. So can you tell my listeners who Cassie is? So uh, Cassie um, or Casanova, um, she is an African penguin. She is a female. Um, she is around seven years old and she loves going for walks. That's one of her favorite things to do. She loves exploring. She loves interacting with our guests, interacting with um, you know, different things like um, we took her for a walk during Christmas and she loved looking at all the lights and <laughs> um, poking at all of the Christmas trees and all the little um, Christmas ornaments. So Cassie is definitely a favorite around here. Yes. And Cassie, <laughs> what, what species is Cassie? Uh, Cassie is an African or black footed penguin. Yes. And um, <laughs> talk about shadow game a little bit and, and how that works. That's so, my favorite. <laughs> so, um, African penguins, well, not just African penguins, penguins in general are very uh, visual animals. And one of the things they really like to chase is shadows. So a lot of times when guests go out to Penguin Island and they start noticing like myself or maybe another staff member, maybe brushing the pool um, or hosing the deck, they notice that um, they will not only follow us, but follow our shadows as well. And that quickly becomes their favorite game of chasing or cat and mouse type of thing. <laughs> yes. There was a moment with Cassie where I was sitting there and I was um, playing with shadows and yes. chasing them. And my hand got a little low. <laughs> and she looked up and I'm pretty sure she registered that I was making the shadows or the hand was just more interesting. I'm not entirely sure. But then suddenly she was chasing my hand and then suddenly a handler was chasing her. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they all know stranger danger. All of our penguins know stranger danger. So they're like, wait, you're not mom. What are you doing? <laughs> 
that was that was one of I get to have a lot of cool animal experiences. Yeah, that, that was one of the coolest, and it was just such a random thing. I was yeah. just there for you know. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm very grateful to Cassie. As a matter of fact, uh, as we're doing all these interviews, I, I took a little lunch break and I had to run out and see the colony. And yeah. And I had to find Cassie, and it was like you know there are lots of penguins, yes. and I, I had to do a, a search to find good old number fourteen. Yes. Which, oh, which obviously, you. oh yeah. Oh wow. And I'm impressed. I'm guessing that it's 14. I mean, it could be random, but I'm guessing because she was born on Valentine's Day, which is Casanova as well. So Am that right? so or? that is um so we actually used to do a session number. So when a, uh, an animal either gets born here or comes to the aquarium, they edit a session number. Um, but when we got to a five and six digit number, a session number, um, uh, that's very long for us to be able to put on their bands. So then we just started at one, and then we just started working our way back. So Cassie just happened to be number fourteen. So oh, it just kind of worked out that way. I yeah, know that Casanova is from the, the Valentine's Day. Exactly. Thing. So yeah. it just kind of worked out that way, oh, which is wow. funny. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> very cool. I love it. Awesome. All right. Well. I just I, I love Cassie and I love that story so much that I just I had to start. Yeah, with that. no, absolutely. I love Cassie too. Yes, She's my favorite. Yes, <laughs> nice. And now, okay, so let's you know hit the brakes and rewind. Okay. and actually start where I normally start my interviews. Okay, but Cassie's just too important. I know she's uh, so important. <laughs> she likes to think so too. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I, I guarantee you, you will play this for her. She will hear this and be nodding along. Oh, I know. She's like, yes, absolutely, absolutely, yes. She's definitely known as the Princess Penguin for a reason. So yeah, yes, um, but so. Who are you? When did you decide that you like animals? How did you get here? Tell me the thing. Um, so I always loved animals, even when I was younger. Um, I was actually brought here when I was much, much younger, um, walking around with my family, just kind of falling in love with the animals, falling in love with um, conservation and making a difference um, for our planet. And that um, reflected to me as an adult. Um, I went to Richard Stockton College, which is now Richard Stockton University of New Jersey, and I got a bachelor science degree in biology and a minor in marine science. Um, I actually started um, in guest experience for about a year. So I did the touch tanks and then I um, moved over to the bird and mammal team. Okay. Very cool. Um, let's talk about those touch tanks. Yes, absolutely. So what all what all were you dealing with in the touch tanks? So the touch tanks, um, so depending on where you were, there were different invertebrates. Um, like stingrays or um, sea cucumbers or uh, sea stars um, where guests would be able to, you know, reach in with two fingers and give a nice gentle touch. Um, they definitely feel not as what you expect, definitely a sea cucumber or a stingray. Um, but it is really nice because um, we do give them a rotation. Um, so that means they do get a break. Um, a 15 minute break every hour. And as well as they are welcome to um, sit in the middle of their exhibit. So if they don't feel like being touched, um, they have a right of refusal, um, a right of saying, no, thank you. I don't really wish to be touched today, which is perfectly acceptable as well. Yeah. Consent is very important. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so um, what do you think is the benefit of that for for the, the kids of all ages who do the touch tanks? Because oh, I always do the touch oh, tanks. Oh, sure. No, absolutely. Um, it's great because I feel like uh, people get a sense of connection and people aren't going to protect what they don't care about. And they come in, they see a stingray, they see a sea star. All of a sudden they want to know more about that animal. And then it's like, well, you know, why is it that, you know, um, Sting, uh, you know, stingrays or maybe sea stars aren't doing as well as they used to. And, you know, that becomes a bigger topic. Okay. Very good. Very good. And, um, you know, from as much as you can tell, the animals are all cool with it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, if they um, don't feel like being touched, they can just move to the center of their exhibit on um, which they have learned over time. Um, and that's why our our, um, our, uh, uh, our exhibits are built the way that they are. Um, so the animals do have a right of refusal. Nice. Perfect. And um, when you are working yes. at Touch Tanks, yes. uh, I have two very important questions. Okay. First of all is how, how often do you have to reach in and touch because you're just there and you want to, <laughs> even though you're used to the animals? I I used to do it all the time. Maybe not creature feature because the water is super cold. Um, so maybe not that one. Um, but definitely um, the stingrays are my favorite. Um, they are always so fun and so playful. And they definitely, um, you know, I used to call them underwater puppies. Nice, nice. See, again, it all goes back to, I've said this so many times, but all exotic animals are just secretly dogs or cats. Pretty much. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then the, the second important question that I have. Okay is um, how do you handle the breakdowns that happen? Because I know I've, I've heard them sometimes from 
I, I think states away uh, when, a, when a, a child is being encouraged to touch and maybe doesn't want to or whatever. You know, how, how do you use that as a teachable moment? That's a great question. So um, I always like to approach the, the child and the, the parent and, um, you know, just kind of say, you know, I've, if I touch with you, would you be OK? Um, nothing in this um, exhibit is going to hurt you. Um, everything is nice and safe. Um, we, we would we would not let you touch it unless it was perfectly safe and perfectly fine. Um, and you know, just kind of remind the child and that, and just reassure a lot of times if I were to touch first and then the child would be, Oh, okay. That's not so scary. I can try that. Absolutely. (laughs) Cool. That's good. That's awesome. I think that there should be a rule that like, I don't know, once a day you get to mess with a kid when the hands already (laughs) in be like, Oh, that one bites. Just, you know, just one, just to break up the monotony. (laughs) (laughs) But then you would, you know, you scar that child for life. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, whatever. I mean, job satisfaction is important too. Come on. Oh. oh boy! I just had lunch, so I'm I'm all I'm all full of beans right now. That's okay. <laughs> as long as you're not full of baloney. <laughs> oh, oh man! All right. Um, so it is. It is. We are melting down. I love it. All right. Sorry, um, I snorted. No, this is great. This is great. Um, so yes, but so we are here to talk about penguins. Yes, we are. And there are two colonies of penguins here. Yes, there are. And um, while we know that you are are the mother of the African penguins. Yes, I am. Um, we're <laughs> going to start with the little blues okay. because something exciting happened yes. just now. Yes, it is. And I want you to tell us about it. So um, we had, um, so we have a, a, a little blue penguin, Chick, and we were super excited um, that we were able to do a sex or a gender reveal party um, for our staff. Uh, for the bird and mammal and F and I um, fish and invert team. Um, and we found out that um, she is going to be a little girl. Our chick Ooh. is a little girl. So we have another little lady. I know. Can never have too many ladies in the colony. That's that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> and um, and it was it was kind of ridiculous that I'm I'm hanging out. I'm at the top of of the the turtle dock. Yes. And I'm because it would be bad to be under the turtle. Yeah, dock. it would be, be terrible. Yeah. And uh, I'm hanging out with sea turtles. And Lauren turns to me and is like, I'm gonna leave you here. And, and I mean, I was with somebody. It wasn't like I was alone. Could have left me alone. I would have been fine. But she's like, because I have to go to a penguin sex reveal party. What is my life? And I was like, yes. That's okay. Lauren usually gets uh, suckered into a lot of the things that I do. Like, hey, like I'll text her and be like, Lauren, you know, I have I have a new enrichment idea. Can you please come over? Or, you know, I need you to come film this for me, please. <laughs> She's always down to. <laughs> so, so tell me how, I mean, we all know what, what reveal parties look like Absolutely. thanks to Instagram and Facebook and for sure. me rolling my eyes when it's humans. <laughs> now with penguins, I'm like, I'm down for like, this. Like, this that's, that's cool. That's yeah. Cool. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but so how did the reveal happen? Um, so our wonderful vet tech, Nicolette, she made us penguin um, shaped cupcakes. What? I know she's such a good little baker um, where we wouldn't be able to tell um, what color of icing would be on the inside unless we bite in, unless we bit into it. Um, and we all bit into it. and It was nice pink frosting. So it was so it was fun. It was great. Yeah, it was absolutely great. It was the cutest little penguin shaped cupcakes ever. That is amazing. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. <laughs> Um, that's, that's so much fun. And little blues are not a super common species in captivity. No, there's not. There's only, um, seven, uh, facilities here in the United States that actually have little blue penguins. Mm, can you name them? No, I cannot. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely and alphabetically, not. Please. I, I, I know the Bronx Zoo has them because that's where the importation um, is happening. That's the only one I can name besides us. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I didn't actually expect you to be able to. I would have been almost like that would have been boring. Like, <laughs> like, mm. Um no, okay, but so so seven facilities. Yes. And um they're they're really a cornerstone here. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. So what do you find um people think about and, and ask about and and wonder about with little blues? So um a lot of people think when they see little blue penguins that they're babies because they're small, they're tiny. Um, but in fact, you know, we do have to you know, tell people like, you know, just like people, some people are short, I'm five foot nothing. So I'm pretty short. Um, And then there's other people that are six foot two. So, you know, penguins come in all sizes, just like humans. Cool. All right. And um, so let's talk about the little blues. Tell tell me about them. Um, For starters, just kind of go over like a 
about them as a group, as a species. As whatever. a whole? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Whole. So you can find little blue penguins in New Zealand and Australia. So they're a warm weather species. Um, they are blue believe it or not. So. Also little. Also this is little. why we come here, folks, for the good <laughs> animal information. Yep. This is why I went to college. <laughs> um, so they, um, yeah, they can live to be about um, 10 to 15 years um, if they are lucky out in the wild. Um, there is actually um, dogs that actually protect them in their natural habitat, Wait, which what? is, yeah, there is. Yeah, Tell me about this. Um, they are, um, I, the name escapes me, but they are actually um, bred to protect um, little blue penguins oh. to, from like foxes and things like that because their um, population was declining so rapidly. Okay. Um, so, I love conservation. Oh dogs. my gosh. I, it, you mean like it's a puppy and it's going to protect these birds? Like that's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> um, but there are fish eaters um, and they are the most um, vocal of all of the um, penguins. Definitely. Our guests will find that out when they walk by. Yes. <laughs> awesome. And uh, what is the, um, you know, so I know that there are, there are kind of a lot of generalizations made about penguins yes. that, that people know whether they're accurate or not. Mm -hmm. um, and would you say that that the, the little blues are pretty stereotypical in the, the penguin world? I would say no, because they are blue. So most penguins are black and white. Um, so they're blue. Um, they're also pretty small. They also um, do not have a heat vent like most um, warm weather species do. And they don't have a um, stripe across their chest like most um, warm weather species do. The cold weather species do not have that stripe. So that's one of the ways you can tell them just by looking at them. So they break all the rules, which I like. I'm a fan <laughs> of. <laughs> that's awesome. And um, let's go into some individuals. Tell me some of okay. the, I almost said people, but um, <laughs> that's okay. The, the little blue people, that, the Smurfs. <laughs> well, tell me about the Smurfs. <laughs> to tell you about the Smurfs. Um, so um, number 13, her name is Aroha. Um, she is definitely a personal bird um she follows she will follow you around um like a little shadow um she is definitely notorious for stealing um your brushes and your <laughs> um your rags if you're not paying close attention um she will also um supervise you when you're cleaning the beach so when you're sifting the sand she is there making sure that you got every little bit <laughs> that's adorable i know she's super cute and while we're talking about the sand let's talk about their exhibit it's mm -hmm. a it's a really cool exhibit yeah, yeah. right isn't it um so uh, my favorite um, aspect of it is that island in the middle of the water um column it is so nice it's so cool to see them kind of sitting in there and taking a break from swimming i also really love our um our wave machine that we have in there as well it creates a really nice current for our penguins to swim in <laughs> and is that just to recreate like their naturalistic habitat? Absolutely. Okay. Cool. <laughs> and then their land is, as you said, a beach. It is. But it's inside. Yes. So it's a sandbox. But I mean, it looks like a beach. Don't yes, get me wrong. But absolutely. from the perspective of somebody who has to clean it. Yes. And who has to have water near it that needs to be somewhat clear. Yes. Uh, what, what challenges does that present? Um, <laughs> that is a great question. So we are constantly... Um, scrubbing before we open. Um, we definitely make sure that that's one of the first things that we do in the morning is scrubbing. Um, however, the birds do like to drag that sand into the water. So um, we will use a pole and just kind of gently um, kind of push the, that sand to the bottom of the pool. Um, and one of the last things that we will do before we open is um, clean that acrylic okay. for, for, the, for the public to see. <laughs> they yeah. like to splash and it is salt water. So they like to leave the salt all over the, those windows. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things when you go to get pictures of them where like you have to move your phone a little bit every once in a while. Cause it's like, Oh, completely blurry. Ooh, completely clear, completely blurry, completely clear. <laughs> now I don't have the beak in the picture. Dang it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's real. Um, but yeah, tell me about, tell me about another one or two of the, the little blues. Sure. So we have um, a bunch of the um, littles. Um, well, we call them littles because they are their youngsters. Um, Pixie, a siren, Griffin. Um, they are, really fun they they also follow us around they love swimming um they will definitely poke at you in the water <laughs> when you are servicing the windows um they're definitely a little bit bolder i guess you could say <laughs> nice and how deep does that water get when you're in there um only about waist deep so i'm five foot so maybe about like two and a half three feet okay cool yeah i was gonna say because it's not like you're scuba in no in no we do we do snorkel in there to kind of um be able to really get into the nooks and crannies so we do that about um once a week and then we will actually vacuum um the exhibit as well once a week too 
Okay. Interesting. Very cool. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny when you, <laughs> I felt like a bit of an idiot when, uh, when you were like, um, yeah. And then we just, we have the sand at the bottom and I had this thought of like, well, you can't have sand at the bottom. <laughs> oh no, wait, that's what the ocean is. It's <laughs> sand at the, I guess, I guess that makes sense. That's okay. Are you having a pretty moment? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> um, of the two colonies, yes. would you say, and I know you're biased, I'm but a biased. from a from a, a guest perspective, from interactions and stuff, which would you say is the more popular? I would have to say the Africans. They definitely okay. have bigger personalities. We also have 47 of them. Right. Um, Little Blues, we have 18. So there is a much bigger colony um, out there. So we kind of spread out a little bit more. We definitely take up more room. <laughs> um, and I find that guests um, spend maybe a little bit more time in front of the African penguins, but... I think I might just be a little biased, just a little. But yeah, yeah, we, we got that. We yeah. Got that, but that's fair. I was just curious. Um, because I know that um, both uh, both my fiance and one of my um, one of her best friends will come here and stare at the blues. Now, these are two veterinarians. We are oh. not talking about like people that don't get animals. Oh, no, no. Yeah. And I can just lose them there. <laughs> I can like go do the rest of the aquarium yeah. and like, you know, go for a walk and then do the aquarium again and they'll just be like blue penguins blue penguins <laughs> that one moved yep that a, is that's basically what happens. a quarter yep. of an inch look it's so cute it moved yep, yep. <laughs> it's amazing so um i know y'all are aza here yes we and are. um you're talking about this new chick yes. uh that is a chick yes. and um i'm curious is this a managed population is it an ssp type thing how does all of that work absolutely so um just like with our african penguins the little blue penguins are ssp recommended um there is a committee that gets together every two years and um they tell us um who is going to be a really good um breeding pair and um who is allowed to breed and maybe who needs to take a break from breeding because we don't want to oversaturate the population since we um since there is only seven um facilities that do have little blue penguins we want to make sure that we are reproducing responsibly makes sense and how does that work with penguins because <laughs> like you know it's it's not like I mean, my understanding is they kind of choose their own mates, and yes, they do. They cheat on each other. And, yes, they do. And 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 so, how do you um, how do you handle genetic diversity when that can happen? That's a great question. So that's when um, our observation skills come into full force. Um, we spend a lot of time staring at our animals to make sure <laughs> that um, you know, oh, who's you know, who is six sitting with now? Is it is it twelve? Is it you know, is it one? Is it three? You know, what's going on? And that's when we also rely on our guests experience team as well because they are on the floor with the guests and they can stare at our animals for much longer um, than we can. Um, so we really rely on um, ourselves and as well as the rest of the aquarium too. <laughs> but so what happens? What happens if six falls in love with three and the SSP says, no, 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 no. Well, then, you know, we can't, um, we basically, if um, a female were to lay an egg that we know that um, she cannot have, we will simply pull it. So they're kind of like chickens. Just because there's a there just because there's an egg doesn't necessarily mean that there is a baby inside. Makes sense. Right? Um, so we just we pull it, um, but we will give her a dummy egg um, to let her sit, um, let her relax because we don't want her to clutch um, to reclutch so quickly. Um, that takes a lot of energy and a lot of calcium away from a female, um, so that kind of slows the process down a little bit. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. And uh, so I've, I've, I've held you on long enough. So let's talk oh, yes. about your friends. I can tell <gasps> with every babies. question. Yes. I'm just like, all right, let's get to it. Yes. Let's talk about the African penguins. Yes. So tell me things. I mean, <laughs> you, can, you can guide this part better than I can. That's for dang sure. <laughs> So yeah, we have 47 African penguins. Um, we, ha um, we have a pretty diverse um, age group. Um, our oldest um, African penguin, his name is Cliff. He's 34 years old. I know he's going to be 35 in September. Um, he is <laughs> he is a grumpy old man <laughs> who loves sleeping in in, pri in uh, private swims and private breakfast time. So he is not at all spoiled. Well, they're all spoiled, but he is very spoiled by our staff. <laughs> Um, we have, um, one juvenile, well, we have one juvenile. We used to have three, but they just went through their first, um, catastrophic bolt. Um, so now they are adults in the eyes of the colony. So that sounds, well, the, the, the term 
catastrophic molt sounds disastrous. Oh, it sounds tragic, doesn't um, it? And then you made it into a bar mitzvah. Yes. Um, and so that sounds better. <laughs> but what is a catastrophic molt? So a catastrophic molt is something um, that the birds or penguins will do every single year around the same time. Um, it's basically when they gain a little bit of weight. They lose all their old feathers and then they gain um, their really pretty new black and white feathers and they lose all their excess um, weight. It takes about four to six weeks for them to do this. Um, the first time it's very tragic. We don't really know how to feel. It's all new feelings. We're really heavy and, you know, we don't understand why and we're grumpy. So we are very needy, um, especially that first time around. And we have three um, boys this time going through their first molt. So they are extra needy right now and want extra attention. So, and I am very happy to give them all that extra attention <laughs> if they need it. So I am, I am here for the animals. Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. Okay. Wow. Wow. I did not um I didn't realize that that male and female penguins basically have PMS. That's exciting. Pretty like much, yeah. yeah. And yeah. when a penguin goes poof when they lose all their feathers, they have about 70 feathers per square inch. So that's a lot wow, of feathers. Yeah. A lot of feathers. And remember we have 47 African penguins and they all have to molt at one time. So the house is going to be covered in feathers. It's like a pillow fight when you walk in sometimes. That's hilarious. <laughs> wow. All right. That's a lot to process right there. I that's know, right? really interesting. <laughs> um, very cool, though. That's, that's neat. And it's it's so funny that they'll, their first one is like – like, is that why it's called catastrophic or is it – is there – no, yeah, you're nodding your head. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. I wasn't sure if it was that or if it was literally just like a more scientific term. But no, no, it's just a disaster. No, it's a disaster. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Cool. I like it. That's good. I like it. So, um, yeah, tell, tell me more things. Um, so, yeah, so after, you know, the molting process happens, um, we um, – so basically, I like to say that we have two seasons at um, Penguin Island. It's either breeding season or molting season. So we just ended our, our breeding season. Um, and now we are heading into molting season. We have um, 11, 14, sorry, 14 um, breeding pairs. So not all of them are active breeders. We have some what we call foster parents as well. Um, because some parents um, find it hard to be able to rear two eggs or two chicks. So we will take one of those eggs and we will give it to another um, pair, pair to be able to foster. And we've actually done that pretty successfully. Nice. Yeah. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yay. Um, and and speaking of alternative family types, um, I, I, I know that this exists in the world. I don't know if, if this is here, but I'm get, judging by all the dancing that's happening in yes. front of you right now. <laughs> Lots of dancing. Just take it. Just, Just tell me. Yeah. yeah so Stay we have so we have a two female couple. Their names are Willow and Pistachio. Yay. They are the cutest little couple. Um, we weren't really too sure how they were going to um, take to an egg that maybe just appears um, because, you know, usually the female will kind of get that cue of, oh, I need to sit because, you know, she lays, she lays the egg. Um, so I wasn't sure how one would gonna, was going to feel versus the other. Um, so Willow actually laid the egg. So one of the females and, you know, a nest appeared and she sat on it right away. And I'm like, okay, Willow is good. Now how is pistachio going to feel when she comes in? And I let her in and she just walks right in, starts flirting and they switch sitting on that egg oh. so beautifully. They were such good girls. They were so great. They ate so well in the nest. Um, they switched really well. So those are all things that we look for um, for potential foster pairs, how they switch, how they eat on the nest. Um, are they still preening themselves, taking care of their feathers and everything like that? So they were perfect. And this was actually their first time sitting on a dummy egg. So we were all very proud of them. That's so awesome. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Gangwins are my favorite. Yes. <laughs> I am so excited. They are the cutest little couple ever. They just sit on exhibit next to each other and preen each other. Oh my god! I love it. That's so good. That is so good. Um, and speaking of the exhibit, mm -hmm. let's let's talk about it for a minute. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's it's a pretty cool design. Thanks. Yeah. And I'm so curious about what the the inside area is like too. So tell me tell me all the things. And and remember, all of my listeners aren't going to see this. Yeah, that's true. So, so explain. Oh, it. so I have to use really descriptive words. Okay. So um, yeah. So far, you've stuck with little and blue. So little and blue. <laughs> Got to use my big, big girl words. <laughs> um, so we basically have a, um, a non-breeding and a breeding section when it comes to the breeding season. But since breeding season is over, 
it is all open. We have um, tons of gates that we are able to close um, to be able to close off different penguins if we need to. Um, we have 10 permanent nesting areas um, that the um, penguins can sit in. Um, they have a wide open space um, that they can sit in a bunch of different rocks for them to climb on as well as an indoor swimming pool. Nice. I know, right? Our birds are very spoiled. It's very nice. <laughs> and this is an outdoor exhibit. Although, yes. Like you said, they have the indoor. Exactly. So it's um, the indoor pool is very nice. Um, when it gets too cold for our African penguins to go outside. Um, it's really nice for our older birds to be able to swim into um, swim in it. Um, or if we have chicks, it's really nice for a juvenile to learn how to swim oh, cool. in the holding pool okay. rather than trying to put them out onto the exhibit, which we used to do, which was fine. But it's really nice alternative um, to do that as well. Nice. Yeah. And um, for people who come and are, are outside the exhibit, it's got a pool that kind of goes – down and has a more open area so you can yes. like really see the penguins swimming deep oh yeah you can really see them dive deep i mean the pool is only about um eight and a half feet deep um so it, it gives you a little bit of an idea but i mean an african penguin can dive about 99 feet down so you know you definitely get a sense of how well these guys can swim absolutely my favorite is when they start porpoising out of the water that's my favorite yes. <laughs> That's so awesome. So tell me about uh, African penguins, like, again, in general. Just, yeah. You know, do the thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, African penguins, they're considered a medium-sized penguin. So they're about 18 to 22 inches tall. They can be between five and nine pounds. Um, they will add uh, one to two pounds during molting. So they get very heavy, um, very hippie, and their wings get very thick. Um, they... Um, they yeah so we feed them three times a day um breakfast lunch and dinner they are um they will kind of eat if they're hungry and they will um ignore us if they are not hungry um they can eat about um 20 percent of their body weight which is about like a hundred pound person eating 80 quarter pounders in one day Wow! i know i usually ask if somebody would like to try that um see if they can <laughs> eat like an african penguin um, I get a lot of blank stares sometimes. So when I ask that question, um, and uh, especially since you don't ask it here, you just ask it to random people. Yeah, just r just and, randomly yeah. on the yep, street. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's how I make friends. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Can I please like offer you like a random penguin fact, please? Um, <laughs> not at all weird. Um, um, and we give them a different assortment of fish and squid. Um, everything is restaurant quality. Um, however, we do. Um, uh, fresh freeze it so we do lose a little bit of nutritional value so we do give them multivitamins we do give them different supplements um since uh cliff is our oldest um african penguin he is on uh, collagen a joint supplement and um he's on a couple of pain medications because you know we get a little bit older get a little arthritis um so he just used that so he takes that every single day okay yeah that's really interesting yeah and so we've talked about Cliff, and yeah. we've talked not nearly enough about Cassie. No. <laughs> um, but uh, tell me tell me about some others. Um, so Ray is our last juvenile. So he has not molted just yet. Um, but he is actually really cool. So his beak is a little bit different than anybody else's. So you can see I, have, I wear braces. You do. Um, and um, this little guy, he, um, his beak is actually crooked. So okay. it kind of crosses over. Um, that's something that we noticed when he was little. Um, we actually um, filed down his beak a little bit when he was younger. Um, but now that he's older, um, he is still able to eat really well. He probably ate the best out of all three of the juveniles when he was little. Um, he can still preen himself. He can still, um, you know, poke somebody if someone bothers him. And he's able, you know, to be a, a normal bird, even though his teeth might be or his beak might look a little bit different okay. so it's 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 kind of nice and, and you know nice reminder to people that you know just because you maybe look different you're still perfectly capable of doing anything and everything you want to that is that's a beautiful message right? and that's right to everyone listening if if you're a little different you can still be a penguin yes you can yes. absolutely no discrimination no right or wrong way to be a penguin <laughs> <laughs> And um, so these goobs are obviously in Africa. Yes, they are. Um, what I, I feel like, you know, and I've done so so many episodes, we've had Penguins International on here and stuff. Yeah. But I feel like people still are just like, oh, penguins and polar bears live together. Oh, and we yeah. know that's not a thing. No, it's not but a thing. But what is, what is their life like in, in Africa? So, they, so they're four main predators over in South Africa. They would have to worry about sharks, seals, sea lions, and killer whales. Um, so they would be 
you know, all their predators, well, not all their predators, most of their predators would be in the water. However, they do have to worry about um, dogs. People have dogs over in South Africa. And, um, you know, if you go walking along the beach and your dog is not on a leash, a dog could go after, you know, a mom or a, you know, dad penguin. And then that's very sad. That is is very (laughs) sad. Um, And then you also have to worry about, you know, feral cats and um, big birds as well. You know, big predator birds are going to go after them as well. Um, And unfortunately, you know, because the um, people want to be on the beach where the African penguins are, um, you know, they lose a lot of their habitat because of it. So. (laughs) Yeah. Makes sense. And, um, Penguins. Let's let's talk about some general penguiny things. Okay. So, um, I, I before we started our interview, I mentioned that penguins are basically a reverse water gun. Pretty much. Yes. Um, so so explain that to to people. <laughs> so yeah. So basically, um, penguins will go to the bathroom every ten to fifteen minutes. So, um, we have forty seven, um, you know, African penguins. So you guys do the math. We like to call it stretch job security <laughs> on our team. That you know they will always need somebody to clean up after the penguins. Always. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a lot. And um, you talked about like trading off on the egg. Yes. So just explain that in case people didn't understand sure. what that means. Sure. So um, one of the things that we look for, not just for fosters, um, but for just the parents in general, and that's actually something that we record and keep track of, how often a, a parent will sit on the egg versus, um, you know, be able to go out and fish for, um, go out and look for fish, um, swim, um, look for food, um, things like that. But here, you know, they don't have to worry about looking for food. Um, but we still look for them to be able to switch on and off. Um, so one um, parent might sit on the egg and then one might, you know, get a day out on exhibit. And um, we're looking for them, for that parent that's on exhibit to sit on the egg and give the um the parent that was sitting on the egg a chance to go outside. So in general, both here and in the wild, the absolutely like co-rear. Co- yeah, co-parent. Yeah, 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 yeah. co-rear. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, they're pretty they're pretty 50-50. Although um with some with some pairs we might see like a male doing more of the sitting versus the female, but I think that that's just their that's just their thing. Right. That's right, just right. them. Yeah, yeah, whatever works. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And then um we met, we touched on it a little bit, but mm-hmm. monogamy. There's this 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 weird belief yes. that penguins are proof that like you can be monogamous. Yes. And blah blah blah. <laughs> and um, let's 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 dispel some myths. Talk about what really happens. Yes. There. So um, penguins they, they don't stay together. Well, it's different on adventure crane because they do stay together all year round. But over in South Africa, they're not going to stay together all year round. They're going to come together for breeding and then they're going to separate. So they might not see their partner until the next breeding season. Um, and you know, just because they, um, had their, their partner or their mate for one season, they're going to try and find that mate. But if they don't, they might find somebody else that might be better. Um, or if, um, they're with somebody, if they're with the penguin, uh, and they happen not to have a chick, they, they know something's wrong. So they're going to look for another potential mate. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and um, is is all of the stuff about like oh uh, a penguin bringing a little pebble to his girlfriend? <laughs> is that all true, or is this just you know <laughs> Disney has ruined penguins? Um, they will definitely um build their nest. They will definitely offer things. Um, um, that's one of the things. One of the enrichment devices that we will actually give to our penguins is um collecting or nesting material. They like to collect things and make a nice pretty nest. Um, but unfortunately, they don't really like to collect rocks and things like that not 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 in the sense that we think they do no right, right. <laughs> okay. okay and and so um speaking of enrichment yes i, I was i was out there today <laughs> and what the heck why do your penguins have a cd collection is really the question i'm asking you so one of our wonderful dell interns that we had um over this past season um she made us a cd stand um Penguins, we talked about how penguins are very visual animals. Um, so CDs are very shiny. For those of you that may not know what a CD is, they're very whoa, shiny. Oh, that Some just hurt my might, soul. You're so, not wrong. No, no, you're not wrong. I was like, but, I was like, I'm from your generation. Ooh, yeah. I know, but I'm just saying some people out there might not know what a CD ooh. is, what a DVD is. I oh. mean, I'm just I'm I'm just trying to include everybody. Oh, yeah, you're, you're right, you're right. <laughs> it just hurt a little bit, is all I'm saying. I'm very aware of my age, so it's fine. <laughs> they're like shiny physical MP3s. Pretty my, much. My younger audience. <laughs> That's a great way to describe them. So, 
<laughs> the penguins love to chase shiny things. So since, you know, the CDs are very shiny, um, especially on a very sunny day, um, they love to chase um, the shiny CD or like we mentioned before, they like to chase shadows. Right. So it is a multi-purpose enrichment device, which is very fun. That is cool. That yeah. is very cool. So, um, and I have to tell you, so I went out there. Yes. And, you know, as you said, there are 40 some penguins. Yeah. And I was looking for one of them. Okay. And um, I saw the enrichment item. And I immediately was like, all right, let me look over there, and I bet you I will find Cassie. And guess who was right at a CD <laughs> flopping around at it? It was Cassie. <laughs> yes. Took me no time, and My I was girl. so happy. <laughs> she definitely loves things shiny. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it like with, you know, they all live together. Yes. And there are a ton of very big personality. Oh, yes. So how does that work? <laughs> um, well, we definitely have opinions about things, especially very early in the morning, because we get here pretty early in the morning, usually between, you know, 630 and seven o'clock in the morning. And um, we come in and we check on all the birds. And, you know, as soon as you turn on those lights in the morning, we have opinions. We are braying. We are, um, you know, in each other's territory, in each other's space. Um, so, yeah, basically, it's a it's 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 a whole lot of noise really early in the morning, basically all the time. So much yelling. <laughs> That's hilarious. If conflicts do come up, um, how do penguins resolve them, and how do you guys, you know, do y'all get involved? That's a great question. So, um, they do have to work it out amongst themselves, especially uh, when we break down breeding season. So during the breeding season, I talked about how I separate the breeders and the non-breeders. Um, because you know when you're sitting on an egg, you don't want somebody kind of poking your head and being nosy, and you know, because that makes the parents a little bit, you know, more protective, a little bit grumpy. Um, so we keep the the riffraff kind of away from them to be able to like you know sit. Um, quietly. Um, but when the breeding scene is over, we break everything down. So the whole house is open for them and they have to figure it out amongst themselves, like who is sitting where and what. And cause sometimes, um, some couples will get kicked out of their area, which is fine. That would happen naturally in the wild anyway. Um, if it gets to be too serious where we see where they're locking beaks or flipping each other over, um, and it's constant, that's when we will step in and we'll separate and we might even have to howdy or put them in like a playpen overnight to kind of let them settle. Um, that's one of the nice things that we have our own vet staff here. That something were to happen to one of the birds, it could immediately be addressed. Awesome. Yeah. That makes sense. And while we're talking about the vet situation, <laughs> um, there's a there's a whole thing going on right now in, in our country, and I've been following it on my Zoo News episodes. Yes. But um, there is this avian influenza situation. Yes, happening. it is. Yes, there is. Um, can you talk to me about that? And especially with the African penguins being outside. Um, sure. Yeah. You know, what steps is adventure taking? That's a great question. So um, basically we are monitoring the migratory birds, um, making sure that we have a, um, we basically have a bubble. And if we find a case that comes within our bubble, we would actually pull our penguins off exhibit completely um, just for their safety and their well-being. Um, since we don't have a case in, within our bubble, um, the penguins are still able to go outside with like you said, some um, updated protocol. So every single day before the penguins go out, we actually bleach the deck every single day. Um, we do, um, we previous to that, we always disinfected the deck, but we bleach it just to make sure that, you know, if a uh, you know, wild migratory bird happened to poop on it, poop on the deck, we would be able to disinfect it completely. Um, anything that goes out on exhibit that comes into the house has to be bleached before it goes um, into holding. So all of any mats, any enrichment, we have to make sure that it is bleached and dry before it gets put away. Um, certain um, staff members are no longer able to come into the, the house um, since we have a little blue chick um, who maybe doesn't have the best immune system. Um, someone that is working in the African penguin area um, cannot go over and cannot help with the little blue chick feedings or with um, any of the other um, bird areas as well. Um, we also um, updated our um, foot bath protocol. So now we rotate um, our um, foot baths about every two to three days, or if it gets looks dirty, we do it before that. Um, we use a new cleaning product called Vercon. Um, that um, all of our avian areas have it now um, and we have to suit up. So that means we have to wear coveralls um, if we are with our penguins. Wow. I know. It's a lot. It's a lot, but they're worth it. 
yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's worth it. But like I said, if um if a case were to come into our bubble, we would just we would pull them off exhibit. Um so we are monitoring that very closely. Good. Yeah. yeah. I, um are you scared? No. I mean, no, we 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 are doing exactly what we're doing. We are monitoring. We have our protocols in place. You know, I'm not worried. You know, that's Venture Aquarium is very proactive Uh um, when it comes to things like that. No, I'm not worried at all. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) So let's talk about feeding penguins. Yes. I have been here for penguin feeding. Yes. And I would call it controlled chaos. Oh, yes. I'm not entirely sure that the word controlled is even. No, I'll say that's very polite of you to say controlled. (laughs) Thank you for that. (laughs) So, how the heck do you make sure that everyone gets what they need to get? Because I've watched you doing it and I still don't understand. That is a great question. So that's why there's always two of us when it comes to feeding. So one is feeding, one is recording. Um, Yeah, with 47 penguins, three times a day that we're feeding them, you know, somebody might come up, want to eat, I don't want to eat, and they'll walk away and ignore us or, you know, so that recorder is very vital um, to each feed. Um, they're they're paying attention to who's coming up to the bucket, who still needs a vitamin, who still needs medication. Um, if a bird um, only ate maybe one or two fish, we're going to pay attention to that bird. Why is that bird only eating one or two fish? Is it because it's choosing to, or is it because it's getting bullied away by some other penguins? So that recorder is definitely very vital with another, basically another set of eyes on the birds. Makes sense. Yes. Okay. And um, is it just one of you feeding at a time or will you go out in, in teams or how does that work? Oh, that's a great question. So it's usually just one person that's feeding and one person that's recording. Um, every once in a while, maybe we would have two feeders just kind of as an enrichment thing. Um, the birds quite don't know what to do when there's two feeders. They're like, but you're here, but then but then you're over there and it's like there's fish everywhere. Like my, <laughs> my, my favorite thing to do is throw fish in the pool and to watch the birds be able to um, – dive into the pool and grab the fish from in the water. That's my favorite thing to do. But yeah, a lot of times when there's two of us, they have no idea what to do. We, we, we blow their little minds. <laughs> you see the wheels turn and they're just like, you know, like a bu- like buffering. Like they can't compute what's going on. <laughs> That's amazing. Very cool. Yeah. And um, yeah, so there are um, – a lot of uh, a lot of different thing, you know, endangered and and, mm-hmm. and threatened and stuff. There are different statuses of different penguins sure. in the wild, um, but there are definitely some cool organizations out there yes. helping out. So, so want to shine a light? Oh, absolutely. Um, my one of my favorites is Sancob, wonderful organization over in South Africa. They do wonderful work, not just for um, African penguins, but any um, shore bird um, that will be found along their coast. Um, they will re- rehabilitate um, African penguins and those shorebirds um, and release them back into um, their wild. So they do great work. They will also um, rear chicks in a way that they can be released as well. So they do amazing work over there. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah, I've helped with a couple of fundraisers for them through Rasafari and stuff. Great, great yeah. organization. Um, and then it's it's time. I guess I should call it the guano story. It's time now, don't you know? We've come to the end of the show. But there's one tale left to go. You're gonna laugh and say, oh no. It's time for the Rasafari poop story. <laughs> So, yeah, so we talked about that um, African penguins can, you know, go to the bathroom every 10 to 15 minutes. Um, One of the worst um, stories I guess I could tell with them is that, you know, I I, was my my first chick. His name is Goblin. He is band number 21. If you want to, like, go out and, like, look for him. Um, I had him wrapped up in a towel, which I thought I had him wrapped up in a towel, but it turns out when I went out on exhibit, he had just completely just pooed and I didn't have the towel completely covering it. So the front, completely front of my pants were just completely covered in poop. And the worst part was it dripped down into my socks where it was touching my feet. So that was the worst part of it all, that my feet were covered in penguin poop. (laughs) Nice. Love it. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on? No, just, you know, thank you for having me. This was this was a lot of fun. This is great. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah. Liberty. Hi friends. What are you doing? You poking it? Penguins. Silly birds. Ugh.
So as we were walking up here, um, we were we were talking about the iconic music of the Adventure <laughs> Aquarium, and you told me something interesting about the penguins yes. that I thought was cool. <laughs> so during lockdown, um, you know, it was very quiet around here, and, you you know, the birds still went on exhibit like normal um, to give them, you know, a chance to swim and stretch and, you know, get some sunshine. And I didn't think, oh, you know, the pe- public isn't here. I don't have to turn on the music for them. This is great. Um, and they were totally freaked out. It was way too quiet for them. They didn't like it. They didn't understand it. So during lockdown, I still had to turn the music on for them. Just like, you know, it would be like a normal day for them. That's so interesting. <laughs> uh, who's swimming right now? That's Beaker. Hi, Beaker. So Beaker is um, hopefully going to be one of our breeders. Okay. Um, he's still a little young, so he doesn't quite know what to do with himself just yet. <laughs> <laughs> he's young. He doesn't know any better yet. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> he has to learn. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, and there's that lovely CD enrichment we Yes, were there it about. is. There exciting. it is in all its glory. Yeah. <laughs> so where's Cassia? I lost her. She moved. Oh, I can't I... believe that you let her move since I was I, in here. I know. How dare I? Ridiculous. Cassie. Cassie Bama, where are you? Kiss, kiss. She... Oh, I see her. She's over here. So how well trained are they? They are pretty well. They are pretty well trained. Um, they do know their names, but they do practice. So she's straight yep. back. Yep, yep. Um, so they are pretty well trained. Uh, they do know their names. However, they do practice, um, you know, selective hearing. Right. Just like children. Right. So, you know, like Cassie definitely knows her name. Right, Cass, Cass? Cassie? Cassie? Yep. She definitely knows her name, but she's like, nope, I'm just, I'm still going to sit here because we're not going to do anything. I know you're just calling me just to call me. <laughs> that's awesome. Right, Jefferson? So that's Jefferson right there. You see him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's so handsome, all nice and grown up like a big hey, bird. Bud. So, like I said, so Jefferson is Cassie's offspring, one right. and only offspring so far. So it's really funny that they look similar and they walk very similar. That is funny. <laughs> I, I love the whole nature versus nurture thing. Right. And so y'all have a featured penguins of the day here. We do. And so who decides who's the featured penguin and um, and how those facts get on there and stuff? So um, we like to rotate them through when it comes to their hatch date. So we like to have one, um, at least one bird that has their hatch date in that month because, you know, guests really like to look for that, look for that hatch date, look look for that bird that um, hatched out that month, um, especially if it's like their birthday month. So like they love doing that as well. It's another way that um, our guests can have connections with our animals. Um um, and honestly, it's one of us. We'll just rotate them through every single month. Um, and the staff actually get together and we think of different, you know, cute little notes about um, a particular bird. Nice. Yes. I love that. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. I think signage is incredibly important. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially I love our one about um, molting, that it's molting, not revolting. <laughs> that is my favorite uh, one that we have. That's awesome. I've actually noticed a lot of uh, signage change here yes. lately. Yes. Um, is that intentional as I look yes. over at Lauren as well? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Cool. Like, I know Lauren can talk more about that, but yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. I think that's really important. I um. I, yeah, I, I just think that that's always something that can always be growing and, and getting better. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Really cool. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. Um, do, you, do you have a problem? I mean, it's a pretty open exhibit. Do you ever have a problem with people doing the thing and, and trying to kidnap a penguin? Okay, not that. No, bad, no, but, not, know, no, I'm not, kidding about that. I'm no, kidding not kidding. Not, not kidnapping. Tossing, tossing stuff in. Or, Unfortunately, yeah. we do. Um, we do have a problem with people throwing coins um, as well as food into the exhibit. So we're always monitoring or always watching um, the birds. We do um, do rounds. Um, every so often making sure that the birds are okay. Um, and unfortunately, because we had had female swallow coins before, Aww. I know, um, we actually metal detect our penguins um, once a week. Oh, wow. That's amazing. I'm so glad I asked that question. Yes. That's so fascinating. So that's one of the things that they have to um, be desensed to is a metal detector. Wow. Yes. Also, you you weren't kidding. You're five foot nothing. Yes, so I'm I can, short. I can totally see you like tackling some like six foot four dude that's like dropping a coin in here. Oh, I could totally even, see that don't happening. Mess, don't mess with my babies. <laughs> don't mess with my babies. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, I know they're all spoiled. They all know I love them. They and they they definitely know they have me wrapped around their little their little wing. Yes. Um, because if any bird sits in front of that gate for so long, I'll be like, all right, you can come in. It's fine. <laughs> That's fine. You don't need to be outside. That's fine. And then, you know, and then reverse, if they're sitting in front of the door and they want to go outside, I'm like, all right, you can go outside. That's fine. 
So they definitely have me very well trained. Absolutely. They got me really well trained. That's good. That's, that's <laughs> yes. I did notice the one had the clicker that it pulled out when you were coming Yeah, exactly. Over, so They're yeah. like, good job, Mary. You're back. Good job. Where's the fish? <laughs> Where's the laser pointer? We love the laser pointer. Oh, they play with laser pointers. Oh, the laser pointer is the best. Um, I got one of those automatic laser pointers. So you basically just like sit it on like something, turn it on, and you can walk away and it has a timer. So I don't have to stand there and kind of do it with them. I can kind of, you know, set them up with like an enrichment device with a laser pointer and then go and like scrub the pool or, you know, feed them or do something else that like, I don't have to stand there and do it. So I can multitask <laughs> and they can chase it while I'm doing something else. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Disco oh, ball. It, yeah. The yes. disco ball, the disco ball is fun. Um, uh, we also have a, um, projector. So, you know, some people project like the, the images of like Christmas and things like that <laughs> on there. So we actually have one for them as well. Um, inside the holding area, we'll, we'll turn it on and let them chase, you know, snowflakes or butterflies or leaves. Um, they love chasing, they love chasing those kinds of things. Oh my gosh. I know. That's all incredible. (laughs) Very cool. Well, thank you again. Oh yeah, my pleasure. See, I told you it was a fun one. And don't forget, we'll be back next month at Adventure Aquarium, but also on Friday with Zoo News. And we'll be back next week with a normal interview from, I think, California again. Yeah, probably California again. I don't know. I'm sitting in a bed doing all this. But uh, yeah, sounds like a plan, folks. I'm looking forward to hanging out with you again for all of those lovely adventures. And um, like I said, if you tune in on Friday, you'll hear a little bit more about what happened to me. And also, I'm going to be sharing a story that has been annoying the crap out of me for about, oh, two and a half weeks now. So I'm pretty excited to get it off my chest. I would like to say thank you to Laura Shank, my Red Panda level patron, and remind all of my listeners that even when you're having a really hard week, the word credits backwards is still Steiderk. The Rossafari Podcast is produced, hosted, and engineered by John Rossi. Editing and fact-checking by John and Dr. Zoe Vesley-Gross. Our theme song is Sevens by Nathan Burke, performed by Nathan and John. Interrupting John theme and additional voices by Taylor Isaac Gray. You can reach John directly on Instagram and Facebook at Rossafari or by email at rossafaripod at gmail.com. Rossafari is part of the Daydreamer Media Network. Now, stop listening to me and go visit a zoo.